What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir, in this backyard podcast? Graham, it's going excellent. This is our second week in this backyard. I feel a little more comfortable with my surroundings, and I'm ready to fight you about something. Oh, great. Physically, or, uh, you know, most likely just at a heated argument if we get in a heated argument that'd be better for the listeners they wouldn't really be able to hear you kicking my ass very well i don't know there's a lot oh, of- you have to yeah they have to imagine it you know yeah i mean i'd probably take that uh metal fire pit over there to the right that would be loud and then you'd be squealing yeah so- you must not like me very much if you're going to just lead off with that oh sorry <laughs> I, I listened to about a couple minutes of our last podcast and we were just very uh confrontational and- sure I don't see it going any direction except confrontational this week. So, you know, I just got to ramp up for more. Yep. It uh, makes for better radio. Yeah. Or better podcast, whatever the hell this is. Podcast. Yeah. It is a podcast. Right. Uh, but things are going pretty well, Graham. How are you? Doing good. Pretty much got a new draft of the script I've been working on. The, the silly zombie script we've been talking about, so that's done. Might have some grammar shit, so that's been nice. I've been toiling away on that for a while, so feel good i feel like more relaxed even though i know the braves are scuffling a little bit kind of sort of um it's taking my mind off of the uh i don't know sort of just what's going on in the world slash what's going on with the braves pitching ron acuna's injury newcomb getting sent down just a whole lot of stuff going on every time i start thinking about Atlanta sports i just get upset there's a period today where i was looking at my fantasy baseball lineup and saw that mike clevenger of the indians had been was day-to-day, and I was like, oh, Jesus, what happened to him? And then I saw it wasn't an injury. It's not COVID. It's he goes out and, and breaks team uh, social distancing rules and was going partying or some bullshit, and now he's out for God knows how long. So, my, so I lose Soroka. Now I'm losing Clevenger. Those are the two guys I, I kept that were key yeah. to me uh, trying to win a uh, fantasy baseball championship this year. That's a tough one. You can't blame Soroka for mm. – uh, breaking his Achilles, but no. uh, yeah, Clevenger, he, they, he just wanted to go to a bar. Like the, him and one of his teammates went to a bar. Losers. The teammate like lied about it for like a day or two as well. Yeah, um, I, we want to go to bars. We're going to see us doing that. Oh my God, I was thinking like, remember we used to like go to Hampton and Hudson, and you would eat your late dinner, and sure, I'd have a beer before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Different days, man. Yeah, different. Yeah, it was just like, it was so carefree, too. It was just, you take it for granted going to a bar, watching some sports, having a few drinks. Yeah. Now we're sitting back here at a rotting wooden table outside with bugs and birds and bullshit going on all around us. Uh, unable to even enjoy the confines of, of being inside. Yeah, bug spray is pretty much just like deodorant at this point. Yeah, it's just you put it on every day yeah. when you're doing a po- well. When you're doing a podcast, at least you're putting it on. Yeah. But, uh, hey, we'll, we'll battle through just yeah. like the rest of the world. Right. There's a lot uh, other people doing a lot worse shit than we are right now. Fantasy baseball and having to podcast outside but for I us. I that last week I show up to this Grand Waldrop studio that he was all adamant about doing. And I get here, he doesn't have a chair. He, I mean, this table, is, it's barely a table, but it's a table. It's a table. Uh, it's a prop from a famous movie. But this week, you brought me a cooler of ice. I did. I had the chair set up. Yeah. I, pre- I appreciate that. Absolutely. Right? Like, you know, unlike um, some folks within organizations that we love, we learn from our past mistakes, and we like to correct those and uh, make sure that moving forward we don't make the same mistakes again. 
Are you talking about every single Atlanta organization? Just about, just historically. Not even talking about like current, some somewhat current, but you know, historically, we are not uh, one a, a city that learns from its prior mistakes. When it comes to sports. Sure, sure. Yeah, just keep pushing the same buttons. Yep. Same coaches, same general managers, et cetera, et cetera. I wish I could remember what. I heard someone being very complimentary of Thomas Dimitrov. Woof. Was oh, it was it Mark Zeno? It was about no, it was about um, he was interviewed about Todd Gurley this week. And I guess the Rams GM had been pushing really hard for a trade for Gurley. And Dimitrov like held out and then you're able to get him on the cheap for like five million dollars or whatever. I will say in terms of the things like that, in terms of identifying the skilled players that come in and do a good job here, he's he's done historically has done a good job of that. Michael Turner being the first one, you know, one of his first really big moves. Because I think there was a similar scenario with that with Turner's was that a trade? No, that was a free agent signing. Yeah, he was a free agent. But regardless, he's very he and his scouts are very good at identifying skilled players being shrewd about it, signing them to affordable deals and having them come in here and contribute at a pretty high level. Yeah. Muhammad Sanu is another one that we got. And I can't remember if that was free agency or trade, but he was a guy who underperformed in Cincinnati. But you're like, well, he has A.J. Dalton, or sorry, Andy Dalton as a quarterback. Let's see what happens when Matt Ryan gets here. Yeah. That's an example of Matt Ryan making a guy a hell of a lot better. Then you look at what happened with him and Tom Brady last year. Zilch. Yeah, not a, yeah I thought he was going to be a beast up in New England. Me too. He had one good game against the Ravens, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting geared up for some football. I mean, well, it's weird because I know baseball's just starting, so it's April, but also football starts this month as well. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's really confusing. To it's it's strange. I got a Facebook memory the other day where it was like, you and Alexa went to the Ravens Falcons preseason game on this day on August 9th in 2012. Wow. And I was like, oh, yeah, preseason football should be happening right now. And like, we, I should be ass deep in some hard knocks and whoever they got for hard knocks watching training camp watching preseason well, games know, hard knocks is out now. oh is it out now yeah I've heard it's depressing though because it's just like practice and probably just talking about coronavirus a lot well you know like and protocols and masks they, they handle storylines really really well on that show and I think this will be fascinating to watch because I don't know what team it is I think it's the Chargers I think the Chargers are the team this year because I remember I was looking at HBO the other day, and I was like, coming soon. And I had a picture of the Chargers helmet. But, I mean, Hard Knocks always does a great job with their storyline. So, I, I'll definitely watch it. I like depressing things. So Yeah, that sounds right up here. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all about that yeah. shit. Now, I'm kind of geared up for some football. I mean, I know we weren't intending to start talking Falcons, but um, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's coming. Yeah, it looks like it's happening. Uh, all the Falcons. We could talk Falcons for a second. We haven't talked about Falcons in, yeah. in, in a minute. Why not? All the uh, there was a I think last week there was a deadline put on for players to opt out because of COVID, and the Falcons were, I think were one of three teams where no one opted out. So everybody who is on the roster is going to be there this year. You know what that is, Graham? Hmm. That's that brotherhood. The brothership, the brotherhood, yeah. Brothership, that that yeah, that, that strong locker room that Dan Quinn has cultivated that led to a one and eight start to the season last year. <laughs> Really, really strong sense of uh, of, of six to two finish, Graham. It's not how you start, Adam. It's how you finish seven so, and nine. So this this uh, deadline to not uh, opt out. This is from the momentum of the six and two finish. Is mm. what it is. The players remember fighting for their coach's job, and they're like, I don't want to be like Nick Markakis and sit at home for a couple of weeks and then regret it. I'm coming to play. 
week one, baby. Sure. So that, that's an upper hand that we got going into the season. Yep. Well, where uh, I read an interesting story today on Falcoholic talking about how there might be, because of lost revenue the NFL will experience this year because of COVID stuff, that there's a chance that the salary cap will start decreasing, if not this year, the next year. And so if that happens, we know how cap-strapped we are as an organization, how many big contracts we have on this team. And so it brought up just a number of people we might have to get rid of or let walk in free agency, like Keanu Neal. Um, your boy Alan Bailey's making $4.5 million, which I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you don't really care about Alan Bailey. Or four point, somewhere like 4.3 or 4.5. Seems like a guy would be excited about us signing a big D-tackle. Oh, yeah. he, oh, he's a DN. He's a DN, but it's like I can't believe like a guy who's not contributing to anything is making that much money. Although I shouldn't with, with Thomas Mitroff and his ability to not get anyone worthwhile in the defensive line minus Grady Jarrett over his 12-year career. Anyway. Uh, I got a good one, Greg. Okay. Um, Long story short before we yeah, before you have a good sorry. one, though, is that probably going to have to make a number of moves that are going to be ugly. Ricardo Allen's another candidate to be cut. Um they're just looking at people who are making not like, you know, buku bananas dollars, but people who are making like medium tier salaries and just saying, you know, these are probably some of the people who will be on the chopping block just just because the cap might dwindle as opposed to increase. Well, on that topic, I read some article the other day. I mean, this was a complete hypothetical. Someone just saying that the Falcons should do this. And I know this would get some of our users excited to hear this. So... This whole article... Justin Fields? No. Uh, close. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Saying Thomas Dimitrov has like made some huge splashes in the draft in the past, like Julio Jones. Uh, does, he have, does he have another ridiculous first I was about to say, can you tell me another like absurd move he's made? I can't. I want to say Calvin Ridley was very explosive. I no. think we traded up to get him. Yeah, nothing, nothing t- Julio Jones like. No. That's why I always love people like, he's making like a lot of moves. It's like really the only like huge movie made was Julio. It was one, yeah. Yeah. But uh, obviously they referenced that. Sure. They said trading up to take Trevor Lawrence, who I'm sure will be number one. Uh, and then that whole article, and then the very last sentence, and trade Matt Ryan to do it. No. I'm staunchly against that. Uh, and also, like, what team that has the number one pick is going to give that up? It's also just, it's not, put aside whether or not you're a Matt Ryan fan or detractor, in what fucking realistic world is something like that going to happen? You're exactly right. There's no way anyone's going to say, yeah, franchise quarterback kind of guy, he's available. And also, no one's going to give up what it's going to require to get him. Well, that's what he's saying to Falcons. Well, but there's so, like four first round picks. Four first round picks and Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan. Get the fuck out! Of, then who do you got? You got an aging Julio Jones, a decent Calvin Ridley, yeah. and Todd Gurley's not going to be here anymore. You got no running back. Yeah. No, it'd be dumb. I mean, that'd just be unfucking believably stupid. <laughs> Keep in mind, Dimitrov hasn't done that. I know. I'm just saying, like that would just. <laughs> Hopefully, here's here's my hope. And I was thinking about this when I was walking my dog this afternoon. My hope is that we have. One more shitty year like we've had, grin and bear it, and then we can, and there'll be no excuse not to get rid of Dimitrov and Quinn. Because let's think about it: if we go, let's say ten and six, and win a playoff round, and we lose again, like we probably will, then they'll come back, and we'll just keep getting the same results. It'll either be an early playoff exit or seven and nine. 
I want to win a fucking championship. Time is running out with these guys, with this core. We have, I think we have a lot of talent here. We do not have the right personnel from a coaching standpoint or from a front office standpoint. Get these guys the fuck out of town. I'll agree with you that I'm very underwhelmed with Dirk Cutter as an offensive coordinator. He's, he's, not, a, he's not a progressive. He's very vanilla. Yeah, he, he's been calling the same offense since he started being a, a signal caller in the NFL. He does not adapt. He is not. He's only had like two seasons where his units have had good uh, rushing attacks. He doesn't know how to utilize backs very well. And so, what is the hope that Todd Gurley's going to just become his old self and going to have a two thousand yard season or something with a shitty uh, running at- rushing attack? Well, he would make the rushing attack not shitty. But the the game planning he yeah. has is awful with Cutter. So I'm just saying, it's like you got a guy who's got tendonitis in his knee, who's still capable of doing well, like we talked about when we got Gurley. It's like it's not like he's a bum. He still had a decent season last year, even though it wasn't you know, where he used to be. But he's also a guy who's not as multidimensional as a healthy Devontae Freeman. Even a Devontae Freeman last year who far exceeded his ability, uh, Gurley's ability to be able to catch the football. Gurley's not good at catching the football. Where Gurley's going to help you where Devontae couldn't is short yardage situations and just being an overall better like pure running back of running the football. But you're not going to be able to utilize him in a multidimensional way. So he handicaps the ability of the Falcons to have a multidimensional lead running back, which isn't the end of the world, but when you have a very uh, narrow-minded offensive coordinator, it just, it's, it's a scary combination to me of what's going to happen. Predictable play calling, predictable offensive packages. It's just like that's been an Achilles heel for this team for a while since we've lost uh, Sark. And that's Sark, excuse me. Uh, God, fuck Sark. I mean, don't, not fuck Sark. I mean, I don't have anything against the guy personally. He was put in a bad position. I mean, uh, Shanahan, since we lost Shanahan. Oh, Shanny. I feel like Shanahan's going to go down as, like, our Babe Ruth. Ugh. Yeah. Curse of Shanny. Curse of Shanny. Although we've never won anything before Shanny. That's true. We're not the Yankees. So. Or the Red Sox, excuse me. Uh, but the other big story is your boy Vic Beasley. What's he doing now? He failed his physical with the Titans. <laughs> what was his contract with the Titans, pray tell? It was like a one-year, like $10 million. <laughs> that's still awful. I mean, that's still like, you that's know, still money. And also, Graham, uh, we lose draft pick compensation. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, is that void his contract? Is he back on the streets now? I don't know if he's on the streets. Or not, sorry, not the streets, but, you know, not on a team, yeah. unemployed. No, it seems like he's not going to be on the Titans. Yeah. So. How did you fail? I mean, wow. There's more to come out on that. But, Jesus. But, like, he didn't show up. Like, he didn't report to training camp. He didn't tell anybody that he wasn't going to be there. And then he fails his physical. Man alive. Up. I'm glad. Something ain't right with that guy. Yeah. I mean, it happened last year, too. Not exactly what happened to him this year, but just when he came into the offseason or in the training camp, I remember he was training off-site and not working with, you know, with Dan Quinn and defensive line coaches and the team. He was doing his little bullshit solo training stuff, and he once again had a very underwhelming first half of the year. You know, he did show up in the second half, but it was like at that point, like with the rest of the team, it was too damn late. So it's like, yeah, he's a bum. As soon as I ran into him at, were you there when I ran into him at the battery? No, I, well, I was with you, but I think we were in different places. It was a game week, I believe. Yeah, it was. It was like the Saturday before the game. 
It was, it was the night before a, a game, I think. It was either the Friday or Saturday before the game. Yeah, it was the week. I mean, it was, yeah, I think it was probably Friday. Yeah. I think we were in, game on Sunday. I think it was after the Braves game, too. It wasn't early. It was afterwards. Oh, no, it was late, yeah. Yeah, and, like, we were hanging out at the battery, and I think you were going to the bar to get a drink or something, and you were like, oh, I saw Vic Beasley over there. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck's he doing here? He doesn't need to be partying his brains out. At like, it was like 1.30, too. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't early. It was an irresponsible hour. Anybody. Yeah, but if you and me are out, we don't you know we're not professional athletes with yeah, no responsibilities. Right, exactly. We're a bunch of losers. We just show up. Yeah, hopefully. Exactly. Go to the grocery store for our ladies. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> then we then we fuck off and yeah, have a few drinks. Responsibilities are fulfilled. Yeah. So you're saying once you saw that, you're just like, gotta start questioning this guy right. a little more than I yeah, already I mean, had the been. The guy's never. He just doesn't seem to love football. Like he's the, the anti uh, Greg Jarrett. Yeah. Great Jarrett, he's got those videos on his Instagram and shit where he's lifting 350 pounds or something like some maniac, 400 pounds off the ground, not bench pressing, but just like, uh, like he's a damn Olympic athlete or something. Yeah. And it's like, God damn, that guy's just dedicated as hell. Well, he gets paid and he's trying to prove that he deserves that money. Yes, and he's, I think he wants to be the best defensive tackle in the league. He wants to supersede Aaron Donald and say, I am the baddest motherfucker on the def- as, as a defensive tackle in the league. Happen. Which is interesting for me with Vic Beasley, even though people point to that he had kind of a flukish season when he had that 16-sack season or whatever it was. Don't you think that would motivate you, though, to want to come back and just kick more ass? should, but he just doesn't have that passion, that drive. I guess. I think there's something else that we just don't know about this guy that hasn't come out. I don't know what it is. He would have come out with his best physical. Yeah. I did not hear about that. That is, that is crazy. Yeah, it's pretty classic. I mean, I would say this. If I was any team in the NFL, I've, you know, I would just be like, there's no – I don't know how some you know guys like that get signed. I mean, I know you still had eight sacks last yeah, year. Yeah, you look at eight sacks or whatever, but like – But if you just look at over the course of his career and even last year in that first half, how – I guess you look at the second half and say, oh, maybe you can carry that into the – I don't know. But knowing what, like, if we know that, and I know we have a biased perspective because, you know, we pretty much just follow the Falcons. We're not part of another organization. But someone has to take the time to go through all this and say, is this the right guy for our team given everything that we're, we're dealing with? Do we really want to spend $10 million on Vic Beasley? Our organization was stupid enough to do that because, you know, we didn't want to admit a failure. Yeah. But no one has to admit a failure as another organization. You can just say this guy has pretty either been mediocre or sucked his entire career, minus one fluke season, there's no reason to give the guy $10 million. Well, it's kind of like what's going on with Devontae right now. Devontae's still out there because he's overvaluing himself. Yeah, I heard he's gotten offers that he's he had, declined. He had a $5 million offer from the Lions, and he, he still thinks he's the best running back in the league. Well, it's interesting, too, because it wasn't Gurley's deal like $6 million or something. Something relatively small for a player. less than that, yeah. Yeah. And this is a guy who... Last year was much better than Devontae, even though he still had his injury issues, and historically has been better than Devontae overall. And he was willing enough to eat humble pie and say, all right, I'm going to prove that I still have my shit together and build off a pretty decent last year and um, come home. And it's going to be good. And whereas Devontae's just got his head so far up his butt, he can't even see the light of day, as a, as a wise man once said. Yeah, my, my two, and I've discussed all this on the podcast before, my two definitive Atlanta sports hard takes are one hard takes or hot takes like 
think hard. Hard? Okay. You're, you're creating a new term here. I just want to make sure I'm following like on. I very firm, I firmly, I believe, firmly believe this. And it's something in the past. Just like, like I, I firmly believe Cole Hamels was a bad signing before he got injured. Right. Okay. But, like, that's still something that could change. These are thing hard takes, they're in the past. Okay. It's like a, a gravestone. Okay. Got it. Got it? Yeah. So, number one, I said either last week or a couple weeks ago, Braves win the World Series if they keep Josh Tomlin in the game, in game four. Oh, okay. If game four of last year's NLDS. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, that's one. And two, Falcons win the World Series if Devontae Freeman isn't talking about needing a new contract prior to the Super Bowl. That's Super Bowl press day. Oh, wins the Super Bowl. You said the World Series. Super Bowl, Graham. Gotcha. But, you, but No, but you said you said the Falcons win the World Series. I don't think that's right. It's recorded. I'm going to keep it in there. You're going to listen to it and laugh. No, no, no. But I, 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 I understand what you mean. Yeah. yeah. You said Super Bowl the second time, but first time you said World Series. I, I said Super Bowl all times. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to edit something and be like, it would be like, and the Falcons will win the World Series. <laughs> no, but you fucking said it. I'll, I'll prove it. Anyway, uh, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. The Tomlin thing's a little more outlandish, I would say, just because that was still a division series and you still have to win another round to get to the world series alone. I but, but I, but I can, I don't like totally disagree with it, but Devonte Freeman, I, I can, I can ride with you on that for sure. Yeah. What? Hey, who did we talk so much Falcons today? Right? Oh, 20 minutes worth. Yeah. Anything else on the Falcons? I don't other than I wonder what will happen with the cap. If, like, if things start happening, I don't think you can mess with a cap this year, but next year, things will start to get quite interesting, for sure. Yeah, I think there's probably a little more to learn about how that process... Well, the reason why the cap keeps going up in the NFL, like, overall, not like a team's... Revenue. Yeah, revenue's going to go down no matter what you do this year. Right. So, because of attendance. So, regardless, there will be some cap limitations or decrease next year. Unless they just sell all the suites for, like, whatever the equivalent of selling out the entire stadium is. That would be a lot. A lot. Like, you would have to, I don't know who would. You got some stupid rich people out there. You do. Well, with the same stupid rich people that would buy it normally, would they Would they buy those now? Yeah, because it's a wanted commodity now. You're still going to lose a lot of money, because even if you get the suites. No, whatever. No, I, I see what you're saying. Revenue you take. You split that amongst 30 suites. Oh, Jesus. Or however many suites there are. Right. So it's a lot of money per suite, but... You think someone's going to want to come watch a, a team fresh off a 7-9 season? <laughs> uh, well, it's betting on who we're p- playing. Yeah, maybe. Don't see that happening, but I like where your head's at. You're, try- you're trying to figure out a way to <laughs> keep the cap. Yeah. <laughs> Just brainstorm it. Here. Sure. Yeah, I think that's that's about it for the, the Falcons. I think training camp's going okay. I don't think there's any real big news to report. Calvin Ridley looks like a beast. He was saying a lot of st- uh, he was he was talking last week like he's he says he's going to shine this year. He's going to be a monster. Um, and I think it's important. Not that he hasn't been a monster before, but it's it's been interesting with him where he sort of has big games and he disappears. Yeah. I like a little more consistency from him because I think he's been good overall but 
I, I hope he does have a much more productive season in the sense of being able to, you know, if Julio has an off game, because Julio will have a game every once in a while where he'll only get like a couple catches and won't do much because either he's blanketed or just doesn't have a good game. So when that happens, you know, it'd be good to have Calvin Ridley be a guy you can fall back on. He's not going get, to get as much attention as Julio, who can be a, consi- a guy where you can consistently hopefully get, you know, 48 catches, four to eight catches a game. And, and for, you know, hopefully somewhere in the, the region of 70 to 100-plus yards. Yeah, I mean, with Sanu going, he's at number two now. Yeah. Um, what's he, third year he's going into now? I believe this is his third year, yes. That seems like a step-up year, Grant. Yeah. And it's been interesting, too, you know, we, we saw, we think about his predecessors, right? I mean, Julio was pretty much a beast when he got in the league, but Roddy took a couple, like, Roddy really came out of nowhere. Like, we thought after that rookie year he was going to be a bust. Yeah. And he really exploded. I can't remember if it was second or third year, but the year with Joey Harrington at quarterback. I mean, he that's when you knew he was a good receiver because he really worked his ass off and had a 1,000-yard season with Joey Harrington. That was his first good year? Yeah, Joey Harrington and Byron Leftwich was his that's damn quarterback. 2007. Yeah. So I think he came in the league in 2005 or four, had a couple of, you know, rough seasons and then just kicked butt that 2007 year. Um, so yeah, here's hoping that Calvin Ridley really, and he comes to play, but let's hope he can come to play even more so this season. Um, because I think we are definitely going to need it. When does NFL start? September still? Yeah, uh, everything's still on schedule. I know preseason's canceled. Yeah, preseason's canceled. Which I actually kind of like because I hate watching those games. Yeah, I mean, I would like one or two games. Yeah. Uh, but I guess they're just going to scrimmage each other. I'm sure some teams will do what the Braves and Marlins did and like coordinate something. Sure. Like a scrimmage. Which which they do normally in training camps too. They'll have, you know, sometimes before a preseason game have the other team come in a few days early and they'll have a couple of practices before the actual yeah. preseason game. But so My only concern with it is not like these rookies not getting those preseason looks. Yeah. Like uh, apparently a read good things about A.J. Terrell, the way he's showed up and, like, mentally seems like he knows the playbook. Seems like he's ready to go, but they're, they're still not saying he's stepping in as the starter yet. Yeah, and it's going to be... Preseason would be his time to kind of right, get the training wheels under him. Yeah, and there's no time to get acclimated. He's going to be thrown straight into the fire. Baptism yeah. by fire for sure for him. Yeah. So, yeah, that is, that is the one detriment that I have in preseason is, like, especially in the secondary where we're going to rely on rookies is, uh, and younger players particular at corner they're going to have no way to get acclimated to the league other than regular season I can see kickers being rusty as hell with no preseason I'm not really concerned with the I mean you, you still those drills that the kickers do are pretty much what you would do on a game day anyway you know field goal ball, kick ball. yeah as far I mean kickers are the last thing I'm concerned Plus we got with now, so I'm really not concerned yeah I know you you love that guy <laughs> oh man well, I think uh, let's turn our attention to the Braves, Adam. As requested by uh, a few users, actually, who reached out to us after last week's show, they re- they would like a full recap. I don't think that did they say a full recap or just, just a recap? Just a recap of just the quick of the last series of the la- of the last series. So the last series we had was a four game set with the Phillies. We split the series two games to two. 
We lost the first and last games of the series. We won both games on the doubleheader day. We had a doubleheader day. And a rain out. Yes. And let's see, we had Ronald Acuna hit three home runs in the series. He hit three home runs. And one day. In the doubleheader day. Yeah. Brent one Freeman went like four for four in that game. Yeah. Well. Right. Max Fried pitched his ass off in the second game of that day. Second game was eight nothing win. First game was the bullpen game. Yes. It went very well. And who pitched? You know, I you can't. Know, you know, uh, yeah. You know is his last name. I can't remember his first name. But he he looked okay. He's pitching tonight too. Yeah. I mean, I think I would take him over Newcomb right now. Let's talk about this guy for a second. I think we're. I hope you guys like that recap. It's not very great. Yeah, it wasn't but, very clear or concise. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, round it, round round up the the recap for us, Adam. So you used to do more in depth recaps in the old days, and then you were you got very upset by them. You're like, people are watching games for Christ's sake. Let's talk about what's going on. No, I, I agree with that. We don't we don't need to sit here and recite box scores. But yeah, basically, we we won two against the Phillies. We lost two. We got killed in uh, the last two games we played. One against the Phillies. One against the Yankees. There you go. There's your recap. Right. And also just to sort of set the stage in terms of where the Braves are at in the standings. Braves currently... Weird-looking standings now. Very odd. The Braves sit at 11-8 and eight and are in second place. The Marlins are at 7-4 and four so in first place. I do have a little intel on how that works, Grant. So it's based off winning percentage. Yes, of course, but as no, it always is. No, no, but no. But no. So, some teams might not necessarily play 60 games this year. Right, particularly... And it's still going to be based on winning percentage. So. Well, but, I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Well, I, th- I think... you tell me these Cardinals who have just shit the bed? The Cardinals might... They need to forfeit their season. They might. They're, like, the Cardinals might have to bow out. I've heard if they don't play this weekend, then... That might be that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Marlins should have been disqualified because they played with the knowledge of people on their team, multiple people on their team having COVID, putting their own players at risk, putting the opposing players at risk, they should have been immediately disqualified from the season. That is one of the trashiest organizations in baseball, always been trashy, and it breaks my heart that they've won more World Series than we have. It's fucking ridiculous. They're probably going to win one this year, though. Probably. They're, they're due. They're, they're, they're due. I mean, they've lost two in a row, but they're due. It's been 17 years since their last playoff appearance. They're... They're due. I'm excited to play them. I hope we kick their fucking ass. Yeah. No matter what loser pitcher we're putting out there. Yeah. Um, all right. You want to talk about Sean Newcomb? I wanted to talk about Sean Newcomb. Um, Do you have the same thoughts on Sean Newcomb that I have on Fulte? I think if you're going to use Sean Newcomb at this point, you got to use him as a reliever. But the problem was is that every pitch felt like it was dead red over the center of the plate. Not a ton of movement. It's fastball. It, it just the pitch selection lacked diversity, and he was just sort of throwing it in there. I mean, he was still like he was throwing strikes. And I think we had like a couple walks or something, which is normally his biggest problem. But he was just getting, I mean, very hittable pitches, not challenging batters at all in terms of being like, man, is this going to be a strike or not? Like we compared him to Freed last week, where it was like when Freed pitches, he challenges hitters. If he throws a ball, it's a competitive pitch. It's like borderline. You're going to think about swinging at it. Every single strike that Newcomb threw, and he threw a lot of strikes, was over the middle of the plate. 
belt high, chest high, and that could be slaughtered. And the balls were slaughtered. I mean, he just he was absolutely disastrous. Only 1.1 innings pitched. Oh yeah, that was bad. Man. Eight runs. In fairness, four of those runs came with that loser that we just signed from the Pirates. First pitch he threw as a brave, he gives up a grand slam. Yeah, but you put your. Oh, yeah. No. Y- yeah, he put him in a bad situation. Yeah. I'm wondering if with Newcomb, because he was, we would both agree that out of the bullpen last year, he was very good. He, he did a good job overall. Like, I thought he was one of our better relievers for the most part last year. Like, mm. I mean, until Shane Green and everyone. Until we brought those guys in. But yes. he was a reliable arm. And he, I don't know what it is about this. Maybe he's a reliever, which is fine. Like, some guys are just relievers. Yeah, and that happens. A lot of I feel like we've been trying to pigeonhole him into this starter role where it might not be for him. He gives me that feeling that I got with Fulte in that Tampa game where, like, when Bryce Harper was up in that first inning. Oh, you knew he was going yard. I was like, there's no way this guy does not hit a home run. Like, if I could. It was, it was perfectly, it was like in Harper's sweet zone. I've been watching, you know, we've all been watching Harper for 10 years now, however long it's been. You know he loves those outside corner pitches, and he just took it to right center field and absolutely slaughtered it, slaughtered it. It was just, and he and he fell behind in the count, and just it's just like, I'd rather walk the guy at that point. I mean, you know when Harper is, the it's just him, it's just ridiculous. The odds of him hitting a homer were better than the odds of him making it out there. It, it was like when Luke Jackson came in against Paul Goldschmidt in Game One of the NLDS <laughs> last year. When I was sitting there, and I said, "He's gonna hit a Goldie's hitting a fucking jack here." That's exactly what happened. I'll tell you what, though, your boy Luke Jackson came in after uh, Bryce Wilson last night and. Luke Jackson compared to Bryce Wilson looks like damn Mariano Rivera, like an actual professional pitcher. Yeah, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, you start thinking about what's going to have to happen with. Uh, I have no. I don't really have a lot of hope for Bryce Wilson. I haven't seen anything from him over the course of his career that would make me think, okay, this is a guy we can lean on as a starter. It's got to be Ian Anderson time too, or or I don't know how the trades work this year. And Fabulous either needs to make he needs to make a trade for a starting. So, yeah, because because Cole Hamels came and throw a fucking tennis ball right now. Hundred percent, make a trade. Um, Tucker Davidson's going to be the prospect that comes up. This guy had Triple A success, where Ian Anderson is not still hasn't yet. had it. Uh, That's fine. This I guy mean, looked good in spring training. That's who I was expecting. Like, call him, call them both up. Bryce Wilson, call them both up. I, I want to give up on. Uh, he's twenty-two. Newcomb's twenty-seven. That's another thing to remember. No, Newcomb is what he is. He's since that one hitter against the Dodgers in 2018, he has been a terrible starting pitcher. I don't think anyone can tell you any differently. Um, he is can only be utilized as a reliever. And I think our bullpen's so deep, even though Tomlin's been one of our best relievers, mm-hmm. just swap the two, for the love of God. Tomlin's going to keep us in a game. You might, yeah. Okay, let's let's think of a let's think of a plan here. Okay, that's, that's okay. So that's that's, that's 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 step one. You so, you you put. Um, you put Newcomb in the bullpen, Tomlin in the rotation. Yeah, so I'm fine that, with that. So then our rotation is free, Tomlin. Tomlin. All right, let's think about starting from here. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tukey? I'm okay with Tukey. I want to give Tukey a couple more chances. Yeah. I mean, he had a, a rough outing against New York last night, roughed up for six runs. He also, you know, especially that pitch to Luke Volt, he still made competitive pitches every once in a while. I'll give him that. But, like, he just, you know, his mistakes were destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. Even balls that were outs, like Aaron Judge in that uh, first inning, had a uh, just a laser to the outfield, and it was like, man, if there wasn't a guy right there, that's a double. 
at least. Yeah, but it's not, it's not easy to go into Yankee Stadium and pitch well, but like especially also, with the, how good the Yankees have been this comparing year. Comparing Tukey to Bryce Wilson, you could tell he's a lot better. Tukey's a lot better. Same thing with Newcomb; he's a lot better. Yeah, Tukey is. So it's like, and Tukey has also had, uh, you know, two decent starts before that. You know, against Toronto, six point two innings pitch, three runs given up, looked pretty sharp in yeah. that in that game, and actually, you know. It was nice to see a starter go into the sixth inning. And he's been throwing strikes? Yeah. For the most part. And like, and, and he's got movement on his pitches. He's not predictable. Um, I like his little uh, fast pitch he does. Yeah. You know, do stuff like that to mix it up. And I think, like I've said for a while, I think Tukey's got a lot of talent. I don't know if he's going to put it all together. I don't know what the hell happened to him last year when he was so bad. Well, but the passes in the past and what we've seen this year through three starts is that he's been decent enough to have a spot in this rotation considering where we're at right now. I don't think anyone can argue against that. Well, I mean, also, so we'll come back. I, I like this, uh, us piecemealing this rotation together. Yeah. This is nice and productive. Right. Not screaming. Exactly. We're trying to work together here. Yeah. Um, Everybody's probably tuned out, but, you know, we'll keep talking. <laughs> I will say, I mean, this whole, like, Tukey's problem the past couple years, he's a starter for one game. He goes to the bullpen for a couple games, like, and then, like, if you do get a spot, you have to feel like you – these guys feel like they have to be perfect in order to keep their jobs and not get sent back to Gwinnett. Right. So, I mean, this is just such an opportunity for a guy like Tukey to step up and, like, just show, hey, I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. And I, it's unfortunate that that didn't work out for Newcomb, but, hey, that's in the past. I don't think you can savage Tukey either for having a bad start against the Yankees. No. Especially when he's had two decent starts uh, beforehand, particularly against Toronto. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and I know his ERA sits in seven, the sevens right now, but I'm, I'm okay with him continuing to have a spot in this rotation. All right, so we got three guys now. We got Freed, we got Tomlin, we got Tukey. Yep. Now you got Tucker Davidson, I guess. Let's give Tucker Davidson a run. See what happens. Give him at least two to three starts. I think you can only give him two. Just think about it. The season, the season's over in a month and a half. How fucked up is this? We were talking about this off offline, off air, about how I don't know what the hell is going on in the world anymore in terms of the timeline of what we are. Because like, we're watching early season baseball. I'm like, oh, it's nice that you know baseball is back, and it feels like it's April because everybody's just kind of getting the groove of it. You see guys hitting in like the 180s, the low 200s that normally should be hitting a lot better because it's like, oh, slow start in the season. But we don't have a lot of time for this shit, you know, because it's like it's August and the season ends in late September. It's almost a third of the way over. Yeah. Um, but the good news, that's why they extended the playoffs, expanded the playoffs. Right. So it's easier to get in the playoffs. So as long as we don't completely flop. Yeah. But I'll knock on wood. Um, give Tucker Davidson a couple starts, see how he looks. Yeah. Uh, so that's your four. That's your four. So, I do like just a bullpen game, personally. I think you got to at least give Ian Anderson a chance. What's what's wrong with giving him a chance? Uh, hurting his development. You say development as if one game is going to hurt his development or two games going to hurt his development. Why not give him, look at the schedule, find an easy opponent on the schedule. Find someone who's not doing that great and say, let's give him a chance to do well against a team that hasn't performed well this year. I don't see what the problem with that is. I don't, I don't, if one or two games hurts his emotional 
That's true. Confidence than this than he's soft. That's a fair point. Yeah, I'm tired of these soft-minded pitchers. Yeah, they can't recover. From All fucking hands on deck, especially when we've lost Soroka. You know, everybody's got to be willing to jump on the grenade here. Whether you're a veteran or whether you're, you've never thrown a ball in the majors yet. I do agree with going with young guys we haven't seen yet because we kind of know what Bryce Wilson's got at this point. Yeah, Bryce Wilson is nothing to me. Sean Newcomb is nothing as a starter to me. So no one has a book on Ian Anderson at the major league level. That could work to his advantage. You give Ian Anderson a chance to get the five. What have you got to lose? Particularly with Soroka down and with Hamels down. You got nothing. All hands on deck. Yeah, I'm surprised we gave up on Chassin so quickly as well. I know you say he's a garbage pitcher. He's a garbage pitcher. He kind of is. At this point. Would you prefer Chassin over Newcomb at this point? I prefer... A, I, feel, I feel like Chassin can get you. I prefer my dog laying in the dirt over there over Newcomb as a starting pitcher. Yeah, Chassin can get you. We just need a guy to give us four innings. We're not even looking for five innings anymore. Yeah. If you give us four innings with that bullpen and how stacked it is, Will, Will Smith is also back. Yeah, he's only been able to... He threw a, a third of an inning. Formed well. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, with how stacked that bullpen is, four innings will we'll get the job done. Yeah. And we shouldn't worry about anyone's workload or anything like that. The season's over in a month and a half. And I, I know it's it's frustrating to see where the state of this rotation is right now, but I also find it kind of exciting because. It gives it gives a chance for people to step I do up. I think someone's going to step up. Like I still like I get more excited over a Tukey start than I would have a Felix Hernandez start. Give that. Uh, I want to see Tucker Davidson. I do want to see Ian Anderson as well. Uh, yeah. But it's very frustrating to be excited about sitting down and watching a Braves game, and then the second inning you're down eight nothing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's been rough, and there's been some, you know, Ender looks like trash at the plate, like we all thought he'd be. Oh, yeah. I, also, I'm ready for Pache time as well. Yeah. I'm ready for that. Like, Ender. Ender, as good as his defense, I remember he made that, that play early in the year where he, I think, robbed a home run against the Mets or whatever yeah, it was. And everybody was like, you know what? It's worth it to have Ender out there every day just because of the defense he provides you. The DH. Well, you know, counterbalance his offense. His offense sucks. When you say everyone, you might be. I'm you, saying you, you might mean me. I don't mean I think you. I said that at the moment. Well, maybe you did, <laughs> but there were there were there were people on Twitter saying that. Yeah. You know, uh, reputable people who work in the media on Braves Twitter. I was like, get the fuck out of here. In I John mean, Kincaid's industry. It, in John Kincaid's industry, people were saying this, and I think they're wrong because even though Ender does give you great defense, a guy hitting 189. Is uh is, is an auto out. Is an auto out, and I don't care. Like, especially with Ronald Acuna being hurt, we have no idea where he's at right now. He was held out of last night's game against the Yankees due to a wrist injury that is unspecified in terms of its severity. So it makes you wonder. I mean, like, sweet Jesus, if you don't have Acuna, who was starting to heat up, like we said, and had been continuing to heat up over the course of of the week, with Dansby cooling off. Dansby was like six for his last 36 before last night's game or something crazy. I mean, the only, like all you got now, if Acuna misses any time, the only consistent offensive performance you have right now are Ozuna, Freddie, and Darno. Duvall. And, and Duvall's been pretty good too. But just 
It's just like your options start to become thin in terms of who you're going to rely on for the offense. Yeah. Freddie's definitely coming around. What was interesting to me watching Freddie over the last few days has been just his ability to smack the ball. His hard contact, like I was saying last week, his hard contact rate was not very good in terms of just um, being able to square square a ball up. He was late on pitches. He wasn't. He was grounding out a lot, rolling over a lot of pitches. Now he's socking the ball. He's hitting the ball in the outfield. He's hitting line drives. He's being Freddie Freeman that we all know. He's in the zone now. But if you lose Acuna, also after losing Alves and having Dansby sort of regress to what he was, which is what he's doing right now, hopefully he can pick it back up. It's, it's just it's it's scary to think about what's going to happen offensively. Not as much as with the pitching staff right now, but the offense isn't as hot as it was even last week. And, did, and every score, week is fucking huge. I mean, they did score seven runs last night and eight runs the night before. I know, but it's still. But there's but yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> if you score that many runs, you should win. The pitching staff is the yeah. the big problem. Yeah. But I worry about just long term, right? If Dansby continues to slide, if Acuna's out, if Acuna if Acuna's out for any significant period of time, kiss the season goodbye. It is. It is over. Come on. What? 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 Who's going to replace that? Who's going to replace that ability? We, we, we scored eight runs last night without him. Okay, that's last night. Yeah. And, and the majority of those runs were scored when the game was pretty much over, right? Well, yeah, the game was over immediately. Yeah. Okay. So who cares? It's garbage time points like a football game. The fourth inning of the game is a garbage time when we scored had a three-run homer. I'm just saying. I feel like. The off- I was with you until this last round. Okay. That was a bit of an overreaction. Okay, maybe it is. It just It's just every game's so much bigger than, than normal. But with Dansby sliding, with Acuna being out. Ozzy is going to be back. But how effective is Ozzy going to be? We don't know. It's, it's like, I swear to God, I do not want to rush Ozzy back in this sort of bastardized season and have him be fucked up beyond that. That would be, like, if he's not right, if he's not 100%, do not bring him back. I'm willing to take it up the butt for this for this season and just say, you know what? We, we lost Ozzy for the year, and we want to make sure that he's good long-term because he's a, he's a young guy. We do not need to destroy his development. Is this Dr. Graham coming out? This is Dr. Like Graham. We're talking about wrists. Is you this know. Dr. Graham or Dr. Licker coming out? This is a little bit of both. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, would you want to bring Ozzy back? If, if, let's say, Ozzy says, I'm like 70%, I can go. And then he suffers severe wrist issues. I would trust what the doctors tell you. Okay. And not Dr. Graham. Or and not, Dr. not, or not Dr. Ozzy. Yeah, not Dr. Ozzy. Like, yeah. you have a team doctor for a reason. Well, what about, Fred, what about Freddie Freeman with his wrist, wrist last year? I know we keep talking about wrists, but he was fucked. What is it with our wrists? I don't know. Everybody's got wrist problems, Adam. Acuna, wrist. Ozzy, wrist. Freddie, wrist. I don't know, Graham. But but, but, but but like we talked about last year, Freddie's injury where he was a non-factor in the postseason. Yep. Because okay. of that injury. I'll tell you what I want to say. I mean, a doctor said I've never seen a player play with that severely damaged of a wrist before. Yeah, and he's fine now. But he's fine now. Okay, but everybody heals differently. Blah blah blah. Freddie underwent hell for that. I don't want Ozzy to undergo hell for this for this season. I really don't. I do not want to mess him up. And maybe I'm being overprotective, but because I love Ozzy so much. Seems like you are. 
But he's been terrible this year. And I think the majority of that is because of the wrist issues he's been having. I'm just worried about our team, Adam. That's the long and short of it. Well, yeah, Graham. I think it is a short season, but also at this point in time, we've lost two games in a row. Yeah. And we're still 11 and 8. Yeah, we're fine. It's not, it's, it's not like push the, the, the panic button, nuclear holocaust shit. For the love of God, can we get Charlie Culberson a couple starts? Yeah, I don't know what, what the issue is with that. They, they got, he's got like four at-bats all year. Yeah. I don't know why we keep playing. I mean, I love Hetch. But Hetch hasn't done anything offensively this year. Culberson in left field. Yeah. Like, you, could, you could put him even at third base. Your boy Austin Riley's been just absolute trash at the plate this year. Although he's been very good defensively. And combined as a unit, the Braves' third baseman this year have saved five runs so far, which is damn impressive. Um, and Riley has made a number of fantastic plays in the field, not knocking his defense at all. But offensively, once again, he, he kind of looks like he did after uh, post-June Austin Riley yeah, last year. I still have a little hope. The last couple of games he was driving it to right again, which was great yeah. to see. But, yeah, he's definitely – he's just not – He's so worried about that slider in the dirt. Yes, the off-speed pitches in the dirt. You and disc golf, when you get up to the ninth hole, you see that tree on the left. Right, you start thinking thinking about about it too much. You don't need to focus on that. You just need to focus, you know, once again, your your perception can't be focused on just one thing. You still need to be cognizant of it, but it's got to work fluidly as a unit or you're lost. And right now, I think he's still lost at the plate. He's still hitting well below 200. Um. I feel like we're getting lost in the muck a little bit. Here, we are. So. We're sort of just rambling. Yeah. I'm rambling more so than, than you. <laughs> so, I'm going to ask you a specific question. All right. Let's try to stay on, on topic here. <laughs> and you're not allowed to rant. So you just need to give... A concise, clear, clear answer. concise... There's going to be a lot of editing. I'm, I'm really afraid of listening to this tomorrow. Clear, concise opinion, Graham. Okay. What do you think about these seven-inning doubleheaders? Okay. Just, I'll be. I'll be a as college man, Graham. You could you could put a clear argument out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a degree. <laughs> um, I don't like it because I think it's arbitrary. Why is it seven innings in a shortened season when we shouldn't be worrying about any players, you know, load in terms of how how much they're playing? And also, there's no bubble. There's no bubble. So it's not like we have to get multiple teams onto the field. If it was like a bubble, I get it because we got to have multiple games at the same field every day. It's not a bubble. I don't get the seven inning, seven innings for a doubleheader. It doesn't make any sense. I think it's a bullshit rule, and I hate it. That's my answer. It's a little bit of a rant, but it was it was short. The main reason. There's no reason for it. There is a reason. All right, you tell me then. See, there's always a reason for things. Graham. It's arbitrary. It might be a dumb reason, but there's a reason. All right, you tell me. So you know how the Cardinals have played. So what'd you say our record is? Eleven and eight. The Cardinals have played five games. Because they're okay, yeah. So they have a lot of doubleheaders to play, and you can't have a team. But it's because of all their COVID crap. Exactly. It's, that's their that's their fault. So COVID crap was built in to the schedule. I don't like it. That's gonna happen. It's just a, a further bastardization of the game, just like the goddamn runner starting at second base in the tenth inning. So I know you don't like that one. What do you think about the universal DH? I'm fine with it. Because it's universal. It's not one league or the other now. So, you don't want the na- do you want the National League going back to pitchers? No, in? I think you just leave it. You don't care about the strategy? I mean, I like the strategy of it. I like the double switches. I like, you know, pitchers having to bunt guys over and all that bullshit. But 
if baseball wants more viewers and wants more excitement, and I know that's what they're looking for, why not just keep the, the universal DH so we can generate more offense? Because that's what everybody loves. I don't love it, but, you know, fuck it. Who cares? you know what DHs are hitting in the National League so far this year? I do not. It's like 212. Hilarious. Yeah. They're not exactly crushing it. I think this year is an outlier for anything. I mean, I think if you had a normal year, it'd be pretty even. I, I do wish we could just find – did you see Snit went with Darno as the DH last night? Yeah. For our suggestion. Yeah, he listened to the show. Yeah. We appreciate that, Smith. Yeah, I would like us to just designate a designated hitter at this point. I also liked hitting Darno second, considering how much contact he makes, how much he gets on base. He has power. I mean, he looks great at the plate. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that's a great move. I think he should he should be hitting second every every game. So you give Antopoulos some credit for that, Simon? Was, so far, so good on that, though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, like I said, I thought the jury was out because I didn't know which Darno we were going to get, but so far we're getting Darno second half times two in terms of how productive he's been at the plate. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, still, at the end of the day, we got some issues, but I, I think Anthopolis is going to make a deal. When's the trade? Do you know when the trade deadline is? Uh, I don't. I think it's still August 31st. Well, it is August 31st, I believe. Okay. So. Couple weeks. From okay. Now. Uh, Cole Hamels. There's, there's a report on him. Supposedly going to throw a bullpen or has thrown a bullpen. He's been throwing from like 100 feet. But he's going to throw a bullpen soon. Yes. Okay. So that's that's news, Graham. That's news. That's we can leave it at that. All right. Um, so maybe someone's coming. If he can come back and then you make you should, even if he comes back, you got to make a trade. Yeah, bring in Mike Miner. I would love that. Bring in Lance Lynn. Love that less, but... We just need a halfway decent pitcher. Yeah. We need da- Dallas Keuchel. How's he doing on the White Sox? You know? Good. Is he? Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. That's frustrating. Yeah. Well, they won't get, give him up, I'm sure. And it's tough, too, because it's still so early in the year that people are, are unlikely to make a trade right now. That's the problem. It's Even the Houston, at like I think they're four or five games under 500. You know they can turn it on any... At any moment. That's the problem. Everyone's in it. Anthopolis at this point would really have to knock us, knock someone's socks off to make a deal. And you prefer to have to not do so in order to get a half decent pitcher in here. But he has to make a move if he wants to be competitive. There's just no way around it. Yeah. Whether it's this week, next week, or right at the deadline. It's got to be coming, man. Anthopolis. I feel like Anthopolis has always kind of had the heart of the fans. Like sure. He, he knows what we're thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's probably known we've needed a starting. No, he he he's he's not an idiot. He's down. not an idiot. He's not copy who likes to uh, give away once in a generation defenders for Sean Newcomb. Right. When on paper that was a stupid ass move. So. So he's not going to do someone dumb, at all. But yeah, yeah, and no, I, I I agree with you. Yeah. Something's got to happen, and he's got to know that. We just just give us one. Halfway decent veteran. Hopefully, Hamels comes back and can perform decently. I just don't have any faith in that. But and then you got your bullpen games, and if, maybe and maybe Tukey. I don't if, know. Yeah, if you have Freed, if you have Freed, Hamels, new starter from trade, maybe you can get by. Tomlin. And to, yeah. Just put Tom, let Tomlin ride. I, I think he could be elite. Elite. The guy throws strikes, man. That's all I care. 
He does, and he he works the corners. He's done a he's done a superb job this he's year. He's a good pitcher. Yeah. He's really gotten like he's he's much better this year than he was last year because like either last year he was either shut down or nothing. This year it's just been like weak contact all day, no problem. Reframe Josh Tomlin in our minds. He is a good pitcher. He's been a good pitcher this year. He hasn't always been a great pitcher or a good pitcher, but he's been a good pitcher this year. He was a decent pitcher last year, but this year has been like a renaissance so far. Like it's 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 incredible. He was very good at the end of last year as well. No, he was. He got his shit together. But he also had a number of games last year. We got beaten around like a dog. But he, he hasn't I had that. Turn Jared on those stats because I don't remember those. Oh, I remember those. Trust my gut. Trust your gut. No, I don't know. That's trusting your memory. Your memory said he didn't like Arby's. It was 15 years I've, exactly. since I've had Arby's. And then we had Arby's that one time, and it was really good. They've upped their game. I'm not going to say they haven't. Okay. We're saying 15 years ago, it was trash. Or maybe 15 years ago, you didn't have the fancy palate that you have now. My palate has developed. <laughs> I did start eating sushi and, you know, other things. Sushi and other things. <laughs> Try to eat, Yep. Really made a lot of progress as a person. Sushi and Arby's. Oh, the dog is whining. I think the dog's telling us to wrap this shit up, shit, yeah. shit up at him. I agree, Jet. Became an embarrassment in the second half. <laughs> we should have started with the Braves. Yep. Well, hopefully we had a decent show. We'll find out, I guess, once we release it. Thank you all for listening. However, and wherever you listen to the show, until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, believe in blue land, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.